Um, so getting, getting back to the teeling, when did the idea of single barrels or having a single barrel program become part of the distillery? I, I would hazard to say that was always part of the conversation. Were they trying to build oh, cool. it more about what America was doing more modernly, or is it just a completely different approach that it's been done, not been done, but maybe not taking full advantage of it in, in Ireland? Yeah, I, I think realistically what that has to do with is being able to showcase what Ireland can do in the overall whiskey market. Mm. So our master distiller, Alex Chaskos, he... Hey, um, hey actually, same, name. same name. Hey, you oh, guys can big, bond over your big, similar Big first, fan, great guy. Um, he actually started in the uh, in the beer world in the U.S. He's from, uh, he's from Oregon originally. Huh. And he wound up actually at Cooley for many years. So he helped develop some of their brands. He worked for them. And he wound up coming over to Teeling because he he and Jack and Steven all very much identified that idea of just like, no, we can do so much more with Irish whiskey. Yeah. And so they very much started our single barrel programs early on. They put a lot of juice in a lot of barrels. Um, this lovely ruby port cask is a fantastic example of that, where there are a number of different ruby port casks out there because Alex got his hands on just a whole bunch of port pipes at one point in time mm. and went, oh, cool, I'm going to stick single malt in all these and see what happens. And various, I mean, there are some lovely accounts that have picked them up here. I, I know Binny's had their own. This is the one from Warehouse. The uh, pipe is the big guy, right? That's the big... Uh, port yeah, barrel. But, uh, that's that's that. Well, no, it's it's not like it's not like the full demi weed, not that gigantic style. Okay, that's just the reference to the fact that port casts are the tall, skinny style as opposed to ah, uh, a sherry it. barrel, yeah, or sherry butt, as it were. Um, that being said, so this is a great example. All of our all of our rare cask series, those single malts were things that he had started experimenting with mm. back at Cooley, basically. So that that juice, some of that juice was in those barrels that they took with them. And it's like, nope, this is this is what we're releasing. This is our barrel program. We've had, from what I have heard, well over a hundred single casks in the last decade basically hit various markets all over the place. I probably have two dozen at home that Binny's alone selected. I have all kinds of wacky stuff that's around. One of my favorites that you can rarely find anymore was a, it was a uh, a single pot still, and it was a PX brandy chestnut cask. And to dissect that, that was brandy that had been made out of the Pedro Jimenez grape, that was aged in a 700 liter chestnut demi weed, <laughs> that we then put whiskey into, and released it, and it was a Benny single barrel pick. That's wild. It's. One of the most fantastic fantastic whiskeys I've ever tried. If you see it at a Binnie's, there's, I don't know, maybe like three or four bottles left somewhere right. in the States. But there, there claims to be an inventory somewhere. If you find it, buy it. How many it's bottles weird. that yielded? I actually have no idea how many of that came out. I assume a lot. Uh, it was a 700 liter yeah. Uh, barrel. So yeah, I should I should assume as much. But I actually don't have a number on that. Huh. Just a wild do they, category. yeah, I mean, it's it's such a big barrel. Do they, um, you know, harvest like, you know, 40 wine gallons from it and then blend the rest? Or is, did they put whiskey question. in the 700, uh, the 700 liter big boy with the intention of selling it all as single barrels? That's a great question. And as I was not with the company when the project happened, I have no idea. Yeah be interesting you know one of the one of the nice things about those big barrels and specialty barrels that we find with uh dancing goat is um if someone wants a lower quantity of it that's fine i mean we fill those finishing the like the bitters finishing barrels mm -hmm. to the the absolute top 
And if um, folks only want to buy f- 15 cases of it, that's fine. We I'm just surprised more distilleries just don't let do it that. Sit. I think they are now because... Yeah, demand's kind of fallen yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, crazy yep. is definitely falling off. But because I, I mean, I tried doing that. I, I had to convince my company of it where selling 40 cases of a single barrel of a relatively unknown brand in the U S is very difficult. If you can bring that down to 20 cases, uh, yeah. or like, let's say the barrel only yielded 38 cases. And we're only talking, you know, in the teens versus even in the twenties makes it much more approachable to go into accounts and take a risk on that at a price point somewhere in the five to $6,000 yeah. range. The, the mind, the mindset has to change on them from being a gold mine for us yes, distilleries good point. At, at like, well, this is a fucking thing. We have barrels. Let's just fucking sell them out the door. Right. Well, you know, just because it doesn't mean they're worth, they're worthy of being a single barrel. Totally more towards like, this, all right, this, this does is, so. this, Oh, this does absolutely. <laughs> this, this port finished Irish whiskey, but, um, I can't believe it's a, what did you say it was? A hundred fifty-eight point four. Buck 16.8. Jesus. Yeah. It, that's it, great, it does man. not drink. That's it's awesome. like 94. <laughs> oh, seriously. Uh, please, please support our good friends at warehouse. Liquors yeah, yeah, because yeah. I know they have some of this left in Fuck stock you, Zach. and it's, it's, uh, yeah, you know, except don't we, support specifically. We, we, Zach. We're talking about supporting warehouse. We're talking about, everyone else besides Zach. Zach has to fend for his own. He has to scrounge around. I hope to meet him one day and put Zach. some of these oh, mean comments into, oh. into context. I think I'm recording with him tomorrow. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure you'll have a good time. We shall see. Zach, if you're listening, I love you. Mm, there you go. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because this is what we were just talking about with only buying portions of single barrels is very much what, so downstairs at Delilah's right now, I have uh, four, you, you guys need to celebrate for a second. No, no. nothing happened. Nothing, nothing happened. happened. William okay. was trying to break my heart. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was, I was almost celebrating a goal getting Why scored against everything. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'd rather play uh, Fulham. Oh yeah. You know, I don't want to mm. play Everton. You have to win the, your game though too. We anyway. have to win our game against West, West Ham. Shh. We'll get into that in the next episode, okay. the soccer episode. Okay. Circling back. That's, <laughs> that's why I love what we've done recently. So downstairs right now, my four bottles of our new uh, Illinois-only single barrels are sitting on the bar and being sampled out. Oh, uh, I love that. And those were picked up by our distributor, Southern Glazers. There's another, there's another Ruby Port cask like this. There is a full maturation PX Sherry 14-year age statement small batch. There is a... What else? A virgin American oak single malt, and then there is also a cognac cask pot still. Do you the say whole, virgin American oak? Virgin American oak. So yes. not not charred or uh, not used. Light toasted. That's it. That's it. Interesting. That's the whole jam. Really. Um, so they brought in four single barrels for exactly the reason that you guys are talking about. Where now any on trade account, any, well any account in the city of Chicago can just say, "Oh, I want in on this single barrel game, but I only want two cases." Yeah. So they can just order a couple cases. The distributor already hit the overhead on That's those, great which that. I think is brilliant, and I hope we really keep doing. I think it's cool too. I uh, we're doing it right now with a single barrel, but I mean we're obviously a much smaller company than Teeling, and we have the availability for I think we bought them like twenty cases of a single barrel, and we're selling it as a city series, so oh, just cool. like Chicago, yeah. and it has like a, a Chicago keychain that comes with it, mm-hmm. but that kind oh, of thing. Dope. Yeah, yeah, it's a way of getting you know some more on-prem spots involved, like you said, case by case. Yes, nothing like 
you don't have to make a huge commitment to it. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of bars in Chicago that want to do single barrel programs. Like we literally yes. don't have the space to hold the cases. Yep. Like we would, we, we can, and we can distributors afford- don't want to hang on to that. No, like, like we, we can afford to do it, but we can't just order, you know, ordering case by case or two cases by two cases every week. The distributors are like, well, that's not enough. We need yeah. to get it out. We need at least half of it committed to within the first 30 days or whatever it might be. Well, and ultimately when it comes to that barrel program stuff, it's like, look, so long as it's not covering up any, TTB necessary or brand necessary stuff, yeah. we can make account stickers. Sure. Like I can make a sticker that says, oh, you pulled these three cases from this single barrel. You got bottles number 18, 19, 20, and 21, blah, blah, blah. But whatever it is, that's that's very possible. I was literally just doing that uh, last night for really? this guy. Aha. Uh-huh. There you go. How about that? Yeah. Look at that, look at that lovely sticker. Because his bottles came and there his name was not on the bottle. Oh, oh whoops. Well, well, well. Well, at least there was nobody else's name on the bottle. Mm, yes, that would have been Very much true. more awkward. Yeah, it is, I've had. Have you ever had to do that? Resell a barrel where an account just like we're not taking the rest of us in. And I have not had that experience, but it sounds dreadful. Yeah, went through that this year. It was fun. Ooh, real neat. fun, real fun. I just uh, more honesty within the account would have been good. You know, of why they didn't want the rest of the cases and all that kind of stuff. It's it makes it difficult because you feel like you're doing so much work. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're getting no numbers out of it because these cases oh, are no. already committed to, already mm-hmm. brought over. Everything that goes along with that being a sales rep, you're like, I already sold this once, and I have to revisit it how many months later and then resell it again to accounts, and you feel good. Like, oh, I'm, now I have this single barrel into five accounts, spread across five accounts, but you're like, didn't really do anything for the company. I mean, recognition, yes, numbers-wise, since my job has shifted from ambassador to more business development manager, you're like, hmm. My, using my time wisely. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are we using our time wisely, Matthew? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. On, on a Tuesday at Delilah's recording Sa- Saturday. podcast, baby. Oh, yeah, right. It's Saturday. <laughs> We're not. This isn't during a nine to five. No. 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 You know, what is time? I don't know. These man-made constructs attempting to keep us down. So right? is your single barrel program... Uh, only in America, or are you selling it across the world? You know, I don't actually have an answer for that, but, oh, yeah, actually, you know what? Yes, I do, because apparently Germany pulls in a lot. So, yes, that is international. I I did hear that. Germany loves its tea and Yeah. Yeah, take a single barrel. This is lovely. How does Jürgen Klopp pronounce? With tea and whiskey? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, good to the tea, uh, tea ling whiskey. Um, <laughs> we hope that uh, we have the, uh, Alex. Alex um, took a knock in the game. Uh, his laceration on his um, on his knee, but he will hope to have him back um, back for Aston Villa and uh, then Burnley in the following week. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, tea ling was very schön and very lecker. Oh, danke. Danke. Oh, I think it's just a fascinating concept because I was talking to a Pernod Irish whiskey rep, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I kind of leave it. want to leave his conversation out of it completely. That is fine. But he was Thank talking you. about how they didn't have single barrels in America, not asking you to comment on another company, but because of taxes. 
Interesting. In, in tariffs. And I'm like, well, Teeling has it, so how don't you guys? Like, that's a really good question. I've always been told that it's because of taxes and tariffs that we don't bring single barrels over. He got a hmm. nice spanking on the bottom. <laughs> good Ooh. question, buddy. We don't do that. It's the mm, taxes. Naughty, it's above your pay. Don't, naughty, don't even naughty. worry about it. <laughs> Uh, I guess I did uh, spank um, because, the player on the on the rear end. But is, it was just, are there any other Irish whiskey single barrel programs out here in Illinois? I can't think of any that I'm that I'm aware of. No, okay. I can't. I can't think of any other single barrels that I've seen. And that's a fascinating question because I haven't really looked too yeah, but, yeah, sorry, into that you, too much. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm glad you asked, though, because now I'm going to start looking for that. I'm very interested. I'm always curious because there's a handful of Australian distilleries over here. Sure. And eventually one of them is going to start doing a single barrel program, yeah. I assume, just because they'll understand the market better once they've been over here as long as we have been. And, and I'm like, will that take away space or help us out in mm-hmm. that programming? Because in, in the international New World whiskey sense... I think it's great when other companies start launching single barrel programs or launching in America yeah. in general because you grab a bottle of, of Stoning or a bottle of Bren, like hopefully that will then bring you into the other categories that are outside of the, of the U.S., yes. Ireland, Scotland, and Japan as the big four. So I, I love that. And one of the things we one of the things we say with Teeling in particular and something I, very, I stick very near and dear to is the concept of a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. Right? The better all Irish whiskey is doing, the better Irish whiskey is going to do, ultimately. This is why I'm not afraid to talk about and compliment competitors, other brands, <laughs> things like that, because there's a lot of really great Irish whiskey on the market, and frankly, I just want people to drink more Irish whiskey. Sure. No, that's great. As the category expands, you guys should just do it. I mean, you're obviously making really dope shit, so mm-hmm. why wouldn't people drink your whiskey? I, man, I, I got a little bit on my hands, and I rubbed it, and it, all I smelled was like dark chocolate. Oh, it's and so like, chocolate. Like raspberries or something. Some kind of yeah. red well, fruit. So our, all of our single malts, we do a small percentage of the actual mash with crystal malt as opposed to just... Um, as opposed to just malted barley. Yeah. So crystal malt, for anyone who is listening who is unfamiliar, it's actually something that's found in beer more yeah. commonly than whiskey, but it's where you're really dark roasting that malt so that some of the sugars crystallize. Sure. So it, it's exactly what it sounds like, but that lends this really like rich, chocolatey coffee note to everything, mm. and that's just beautiful through line to all of our single malts. Any of the single barrels I've had, any of our, our core line single malt, anything like that, it's just, it's always got that lovely little dark chocolate coffee thing just hiding underneath. Interesting. And then, of course, obviously from the Ruby Port here, you're getting all those lovely rich red fruits, that wonderful port ca- uh, character to it, yeah. that little bit of whininess in there. I love when you can taste each part of the process of making whiskey mm-hmm. inside the glass. It's yes. not just the how it tasted off the still. It's not just what the barrel effect was on onto the whiskey itself after maturing in the cast for X number of years, which I think was a little too hyped up in this whole craft whiskey boom, small, small uh, spirits boom. Mm-hmm. Um, because people didn't know how to identify and talk about what they were doing from the mashing, the, dis- the fermenting and distillation process. Mm-hmm. Now that they've grown up 10, 12, 15 years into that process, they understand what they're doing from beginning to the actual end product. I think totally. They're I, not, uh, they're, they're, they put away the uh, Dave Pickrell and Nancy Frailing uh, playbook. Ooh, wow. Shots uh, fired. Yeah, wow. And really? starting to develop their own style. Whistle Pick will be on the program on Friday. I was just going to say, this, oh, <laughs> interesting. this very much circles back to the, the uh, argument in my home with Kelly saying no American whiskey or that it's, or that's one dimensional or boring. Uh, so 
the problem there is that so many of those massive core brands really rely on that really heavily heavy barrel and it's like oh cool great so it's american whiskey so it's going to taste like toasted coconut and vanillins and baking cabinet spice blah 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 blah. Mm, right when you're not getting the rest of the process you're just getting the last step mm. so that distillate really doesn't matter as much the mash bill is going to come into play a little more heavily but yeah. how they're producing that juice just doesn't doesn't quite ring through as much in the finished product which is interesting to see now how big guys like that jim beam being one of them releasing this terroir terroir series Mm -hmm. um from each part of their excuse me warehouses all across the kentucky area and seeing how with the heart with is that what the harding yeah yeah so they're um trying to see how the individual uh placements of the barrels inside of rick houses and each property affect the whiskey itself and aging it for a longer period of time, working on whiskey that was put into, someone put in the barrels um, in Booker's time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that release kind of coming out now. Very cool. And how that relates to it. It's, but it, I think it's something that we have a conversation quite a, fit, quite a bit about how these small guys over the last, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years in the whiskey boom have really affected the entire industry and not just from the drinkers and the people that are going to bars and buying things at the retail shops like warehouse liquor where you can get this delicious teeling single barrel. It's also affecting the major players of the whiskey industry and how they approach to making whiskey and and releasing and selling it. I love seeing that. Frankly, I think, I think for many, many years, the whiskey industry worldwide across every category was defined by the major portfolios. Mm. And while we are dealing with a very heavily saturated market on all fronts, I feel like, as you're just saying, that's at least pushing even the big players to rethink their strategy and say, oh, you know, are we going to lose customer base because we're just trying to produce the exact same juice every single time? Mm-hmm. Maybe little variance is good. Yeah, no, I, and it kind of hits on what Chuck Crowder is writing about this week, this month in Whiskey Advocate. Um, people are talking about how are we in this whiskey boom and is it going to burst? Mm-hmm. His perspective and his think piece this month was more about what if this is the new normal instead of going through, we've only really seen maybe one or two cycles of whiskey in America. Cause we're such a young country mm-hmm. um, in even worldwide and adaptation of globalization. We don't really know how the whiskey market will be a cyclical effect, but he pondered what if we have 2,300 whiskey distilleries and it only keeps growing because these houses are now maturing whiskey and housing whiskey more than we ever have since like World War II. Mm-hmm. What if we keep doing that, making more whiskey, making good quality whiskey, and instead of having, um, oh, what's the, what was the merger of the uh, distillers in the 1800s that was the, took shape in Peoria where they were housed? Well, uh, Hiram Walker. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah he was part of that. Yeah. But, you know, it was basically what was happening. They were buying up all the small guys, and there was only, you know, I really truly a handful of producers across the United States. Well, what if these guys persist and these 2,300 distilleries keeps multiplying and we start housing really good whiskey and releasing really good whiskey down the, down the line instead of it bursting, it grows and becomes a whole new page and a whole new effect into the whiskey industry. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, not what you were saying, what you uh, Chuck said. That yeah. You, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, I will... I'm glad, I'm glad you. I'm glad you don't think what Jake said was interesting there. Yes. I, I, uh, I don't really say many things that are interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Um, That's why I'm fired. I, I didn't read that piece, uh, but it, it is interesting that he thinks. Uh, what if it keeps going? Because you know, distilleries. He's pondering. He's yeah, say he, He's pondering. Well, I, I, I don't think it will keep on growing, and I'll tell you why. Oh, daddy. distilleries just need a wider footprint 
to be successful and they explain need to, what do you mean by wider the the um the initial investment in opening a distillery is so great mm-hmm. and the yield you get from the raw product so little that you can't exist like a, a, a microbrewery does. You can't exist on, you know, being conservative in distribution and just kind of existing to, to, you know, feed your neighborhood and like your own backyard and, you know, selling from your location. At some point you do need to get, go to market to make some money back. Sure. And I think that is the, the real sauce um, to how this is going to play out because there's going to be, a lot of distilleries that are open today that are no longer going to find distribution profitable for themselves because it's such a expensive ordeal mm. and they're going to have to ask some tough, tough questions of themselves and maybe just exist as very small operations that have a brewery or a, a, a kind of micro brewery feel. Yeah. Um, distill pub. A, a distill pub, pub as that. the Illinois craft distillers guilds, uh, was gunning for oh really yeah so in 2019 that was or 18 18 or 19 that was a big part of the oh the yeah, craft, yeah, that's uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah craft distillery modernization act i remember is, uh, talking to your former employers about that quite a bit uh-huh, yeah. yeah well they um I, they bought a, a another location too in downtown Glenda. Right, they're right. putting that uh they're putting that to use maybe they'll use my idea of barrel aging cast down there in the uh river valley and see the effects of it versus up top on the hill oh yeah i I actually asked them about it i said um hey guys what do you think of jake's idea and they said um oh we thought it was stupid that's actually how they told me (laughs) okay good (laughs) and he should feel bad about any of his future ideas and what we're actually gonna do is just uh um put uh put the the barrels in uh in the cow pasture and just let them kind of knock that barrel around Mm. just to and fro for like enrichment activities real cow pie effect Mike Blum, owner of Harry Cows, Highland Highland Cows, there he has go. two. Yeah, he also has the Mangalitsa Mangalitsa pigs, the hairy pigs. Hmm. Um, back to Teeling. Back to Teeling. Thanks. Matt. You're you're welcome. Circling well, I'll see you guys later. Things. Are are you? Um, I, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? Are you responsible for selling a certain amount of single barrels a year? No, I okay. am not. Uh, in fact, I am responsible for very little but education, which okay. is fantastic and something I love about this role. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's really all about advocacy, especially because, as we've discussed, Irish whiskey. A lot of people have an image of Irish whiskey mm. in their mind that it takes a lot of boots on the ground and a lot of time to slowly sway people away from that. It's easy with the whiskey heads, right? I just mm-hmm. poured you two this fantastic <laughs> single barrel and you both went, wow, this is a fantastic single barrel. <laughs> yeah. That was a mission, that was, mission accomplished. Yep, nailed it. Really nailed it. However, we all know how uh, Chicago does St. Patrick's day. You think I'm going to be able to compete with uh, say JMO and Tully in the, average Chicago dive bar? No, I am no. not. That's that's not going to happen. So it takes that boots on the ground, day by day brand ambassador work to really win hearts and minds for the category. So that's very much about education. Yeah. The, the single barrels are going to sell themselves. Mm. You know, again, places like here at Delilah's, which Mike, if you're listening, I would really like you to bring in a single barrel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yes. with Warehouse, with Binnie's, with all of these wonderful places that have brought in single barrels, with our friends at the Gage Restaurant Group, who bought oh, a fantastic yeah. single barrel of the Ruby Port cask. Uh, you know, they're they're really pushing the product because they have faith in it. They believe that their pick is going to be excellent, which mm-hmm. all of them are. And 
it's anyway really so i am not responsible for that because the people who want it know what it is and are going to get it what's the entree doing with your single barrels are they putting it in the flights just tasting it out building cocktails so for the few places that actually have their own they're mostly going to be places that again like the gauge so the gauge and the dawson for example they're just they're using that as a neat port that's just an add-on neat port they've got it they have the clientele they have the bar space they have the back bar for it and they know that they have clientele that are going to come in and say "Ooh, i didn't realize this was on your specific single barrel pick list these are also places that have multiple single barrels of their own of varying brands Mm -hmm. right um other than that, nobody, you know, no smaller, no smaller scale on trade places are doing anything yet. That's circling back to the single barrels that I have on the bar downstairs. I'm, in, I'm really excited to see what people wind up doing with it. Because mm-hmm. if you want to bring in just two cases of that virgin American oak single malt, I really want to know what your bar is going to do with it. Yeah. Is that in a flight? Is that just going to sit on the back bar and gather dust? Do you want a cocktail with it? You tell me. And I'm, I'm excited to see where that develops. Because I think this would be an amazing whiskey sour. Oh, it's an absolute <laughs> banger of a whiskey sour. Yeah. Uh, it makes a tremendous Manhattan, yeah, obviously, yeah, because obviously, it's already yeah. got the port in there. Uh, and that's, oh God, what's, what's the other one? What else have I done with this? Uh, not specifically this too. I have multiple Ruby port casks. It might sound, I don't know what the word might be, but, uh, put it in a penicillin as the base. Oh, I see that. Yeah. And then like throwing on top of it, like cutting through it and adding that spice. And obviously a lot of the other elements you get from, uh, Isla cask, um, kind of going through the fruit notes of this. What's Mm. the penicillin again? Is that ginger? You can have a little ginger in there. Okay. Ginger, honey, lemon. It's going to be a whiskey base with a, a peated single malt rinse on top. Yeah. Ah, the single malt rinse. Those, that's the PD guy. Though I will say that's this. That's the we, sauce. That's, that's the sauce right there. Though I will say we do have uh, a lovely expression of Irish peated single malt, our Teeling Black Pits, one of my oh. all-time favorite whiskeys. Really, really excellent stuff. And it makes an excellent penicillin just by itself because yeah, it's already peated. So that. you just shake that up and you're good to go. The other one, this is getting real nerdy mixology, is do you guys know the Cooper Union? Have yeah. you heard of that? Cooper Union's a favorite of mine. In New York City? Uh, there you go. That's that's a It's a Sazerac riff that normally is Irish whiskey, St. Germain elderflower liqueur, little bit of orange bitters in there. And then you do that same, you do a, a, mm. an Isla single malt rinse on there. Well, you can take our black pits and make that entire cocktail without the rinse because it's already peated Irish and it is a banger of a cocktail. Sounds delicious. Absolute crusher. Uh, uh, okay, uh, black, uh, if, if you like um, black, uh, oh, black pits. Can we turn his mic off at this point? You, is uh, that you're you're going to love <laughs> Dark Holes from Teeling Whiskey coming out 2025. Wouldn't it be bright? It's a synonyms. I get it. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Alex. <laughs> um, Beautiful transition. Key, key in the light. You seem um, very happy first, in this role. I really am. Not that you weren't happy uh, in your other jobs. No, of course not. Podcast um, with whiskey, now whiskey in its name. It seems like the, uh, I know you love the history of whiskey, the history of cocktails and everything along Absolutely. those lines we do. To, it seems you really integrate it with this company because there's such a rich tradition when it comes to Irish whiskey. Very much so. And there's in many ways a lost history here. Yeah. So I really get to feel like I'm part of... I'm part of, again, I, I hate to point back to the Phoenix here, but I'm, I'm part of a rebirth. I'm part of a, the regrowth of this particular 
this particular seg- uh, segment of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And as you called out, I've loved all of the various whiskey companies I've worked for over the years. And big shout out to all of them for making fantastic whiskey. Yeah. But with Teeling, I really feel like I have found a home where I can spend a lot of time where I can really mm-hmm. sink mm-hmm. my teeth in and say, no, I get to be part of something a little bit bigger than than just moving cases and bottles and things like that. I get to talk about the whole category. I get to talk about a, a lot of history, and I get to drink some damn good whiskey in the process. It's Hell always, yeah, Alex. It's always a good thing. Yeah, that rules. What is, um, what's like the ideal like teeling success look like to you? Do you want people... Do you want like... Uh, this to be in the home of all the whiskey fans, like as they kind of rotate through their their nightly pours, they're drinking teeling every other night. Or what? What? Where do you want? Where do you want teeling to to win? That's a marvelous question. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Jake wrote it down and slipped it over to me. <laughs> it's like a, a substitute coming on. Yeah. In the Premier League. He Check said uh, exactly. He sent me the note, and he also mouthed, "You need to talk." He's actually holding because I hadn't talked except for jokes in a while. You're doing great. He's actually holding you're a cue great. card. You're on doing the other great. Side. You're, do, you're doing great. Uh, really. Really what I would like to see is, first of all, again, just stepping outside of Teeling, I would like to see a greater understanding of the Irish category just throughout the Mm. consumer base. Not the whiskey head base, but the consumer base. And the beautiful thing is Teeling is a very easy way to do that. Teeling is the easiest door into understanding overall Irish whiskey. Mm -hmm. Where I would like to see the brand... I, yes is the answer to what you said. I would love to see it on every on every whiskey head's shelf because we have a whiskey for every whiskey head. I As mm-hmm. I mentioned, we've got well over mm-hmm. 100 plus single barrels that are just out there. There are barrels that I've never tasted and may never taste. Yeah. They're some of the finest whiskeys I've ever had. A few years ago, the distillery produced a... Uh, it was a, I believe it was a single malt, I want to say, and it was in uh, Hungarian oak casks. And they did one barrel from the distillery. Uh, Kelly had like the last two ounces of it. That was, that's what we, we drank that to celebrate me getting this job. And <laughs> God help me, it's one of the best whiskeys I've had that's in awesome. my life. And it'll never exist again, right? right? So there's stuff like that out there. So every whiskey head can get behind this. Mm. But I know that in the Irish world, we're never going to replace Jameson as people's just like drink of choice right. or, or shot of choice on like St. Patrick's Day. And I respect that. That's okay. That's that's the image that has it's been good conjured. To, yeah, it's good to know who you aren't. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. But what I would love is to have some converts who have just mindlessly consumed, and I'm not even talking on JMO, just any yeah. major Irish whiskey brand There's out there. The Irish whiskey just whiskey like, whiskey oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, drink whiskey, I drink Irish and ginger. That's what I do. Right. Whatever you have. I would love to see more consumers mindfully consuming teeling and saying, mm. oh, walking into one of the many amazing Irish pubs in Chicago and saying, oh, you've got that teeling? Fantastic. I would love a teeling and ginger ale, just teeling small batch ginger ale. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that success just categorically. Even even better, well, I don't want to, for me, even better would be like walking into a tea, uh, Irish whiskey bar in Chicago and ordering a teeling and then not having it people be like, where, where was the teeling? Oh, I would love to see you that. Mm-hmm. Well, I both love and hate to see that because <laughs> if they're doing that, then I'm not doing my job very well. Well, the, the <laughs> cus- it would be the, the customer uh, give, haranguing the bar. Like, yeah. you call yourself an Irish bar? You don't have teeling? You don't have that teeling? Come what, on, man. What's wrong with you? That's the, the Irish. Fe- the Phoenix. It's, the, it's <laughs> coming from the ashes. I wish there's more Australian pubs. And, and then they yeah. burn, the, burn the bar down hmm. in defiance and they say, well... Was gonna reemerge from these ashes. Jean Grey in Australian bar. Jean Grey is 
Jean Grey is. Just yeah. Absolutely. Great. If you like Jean Grey. Oh, here he goes. If you like uh if uh if you like Jean Grey, you'll love Denim Pants Bleak. Denim. <laughs> yeah. Pants Denim. <laughs> nope, you missed it. What did you say? Uh Denim Bleak. Okay. Denim Bleak. Oh, that's I, see, I see. I see where we're at. Yeah. Synonyms. Right. Synonyms. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good too. Gotta Thank you. Admit, you're doing my bit. Now I can't do it anymore. So happy to do it for Fuck. you too, sir. So happy to do it for you. Well, On the next episode. What? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be even comfier than this. I'll tell you what. Do you want to stay even? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just try and stop me. Should we just raid the back bar of the upstairs bar of Delilah's and see what happens? That's a really good thing to admit on a microphone <laughs> right before we drink a bunch of really expensive whiskey we're I not know, supposed to be I don't pouring. think Mike listens to the podcast. I'm pretty sure Ian, who's downstairs behind the bar, does. So. There's a lot of mezcal back there. There is a lot of mezcal. We could really, we could really hit yeah, that mezcal. Yeah. Oh, also, to all the listeners, please support Delilah's. Yeah. Absolutely. The number one spirits bar in the entire world. What about yep. liquor.com? Mm-hmm. Ever heard of it? ever heard of it yeah <laughs> he's laughing because he hasn't yeah uh what's a website i don't know you told me you'd explain what a podcast is one of these days i don't know where to listen to this this podcast or podcasts in general both podcast.com okay got it <laughs> that's simple enough yes you'll find it there um, no, uh, Alex, appreciate the time. Um, appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. It's uh, the festive time of year. This is like this is a perfect Christmas whiskey too. It really is. Yeah. It's it's a very very festive. It's a good gift. All that kind of stuff. So please go support Warehouse Liquors. Pick up this uh, wonderful Ruby Port cast. They have enough tealing. of it left in stock for everybody. You think for everybody? <laughs> That's a lot of people. <laughs> but I'm sure they have enough for a few people. There you go. You heard and, it here first. And when you and when you talk to Zach on your next podcast, I'm sure he can give you an exact yes. inventory count. Tell him that Matt Brown sent you. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, who? What? Where? Him. Why? That scurrilous little mountebank is sending people here. Anyways, thanks for listening to... Ooh, I've been Keel- asking, I'm asking people this too, Alex. Keeling in the light. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite whiskey moment of the year? Ooh, favorite whiskey moment of the year? Cocktail, something in the industry, yeah. I know you've been on some pretty cool trips. I have been on some cool trips. We've had a, we've had a lot of fun. We've done a lot of whiskey this year. Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, my, my favorite whiskey encounter has been with uh, celebrity actor uh, Sam Hewen. Oh, yeah? Yes. So two things happened. One, uh, so d- uh, during Tales of the Cocktail down in New Orleans, Teeling did an amazing parlor, and we had a bunch of really fun Really, really fun uh, bottles there. Mm-hmm. If anybody listening does not know who Sam Hewen is, he's the star of the show Outlander, uh, uh, a regishly handsome Scottish gentleman, and also just one of the nicest guys I've met in my life. Mm. Really cool dude. So I was lucky enough to be standing right by the door when he walked in, and I immediately was starstruck, but managed mm-hmm. to gather my wits and say, oh, Mr. Hewen, it's so nice to have you here, blah, 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 blah. Circled, uh, or fast forward a couple of a couple of months, and his uh, business manager winds up reaching out to me, saying, "Hey, we're doing a bottle launch in Chicago at mm. a Binnie's. Would you would you like to come and, and would you like to come and meet Sam?" And I said, "Well, absolutely. In fact, I have some whiskey I could bring you guys because I know he really likes teeling. Mm. So Kelly and I attend. There's this mile and a half long line out the door. People had been there lined up at a Binnie's since like 2 a.m. And we thought this was going to be a some sort of like VIP a whole session. No, it was just us. We just get skipped the entire line. We go and to any <laughs> massive Outlander fans listening, I'm so sorry if this is making you angry, but this was not 
this just happened. <laughs> uh, this just happened to us. So we just get ushered back by the business manager. Sam is sitting there just signing bottles yeah. right and left. He's scribbling on them, scribbling on them, blah, 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 blah. We just get to sit with him and just chat for like 20 minutes about whiskey. Cool. He's the nicest guy. And what was the sweetest part, and why I say this was my favorite whiskey experience, is because we had brought our bottle of his uh, Sassanac blended that's that's his uh blended yeah. whiskey uh really phenomenal stuff i'll make a shameless plug for it here good, really man. really excellent whiskey you did a great job and i sheepishly pulled out our bottle and said look i know we gifted you a whiskey but would you mind signing ours we're both big fans of the show he said no absolutely and the most charming thing was that he all of a sudden starts to like scribble his signature and both kelly and i observe that he stops takes a deep breath wipes the sharpie off with his thumb and then takes another breath and pauses and puts a very like nicely done, delicate signature on there with a little slancha mm. and a message and yeah. all that. Like he took the time, just the nicest celebrity cool. I've gotten to meet in my life. He took the time to actually like sign our bottle. Uh, so there, there's there's my shameless plug. Drinks Assnack support Sam Hewitt. He's an awesome, awesome dude. That's awesome. I Who's bet. the rudest celebrity you've ever met? <laughs> Who, well, you obviously. Fair enough. Seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, my dear boy. Mine is Ram Emanuel. Very rude man. Nasty oh. little man. Noted. Met Duly his, noted. Met his wife a few times. Okay. Yeah. Mm. At our old uh, podcast studio at Beguile. Ah. Yeah. They used to buy a lot of Beguile beer. Interesting. Mm. Yep. And, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you uh, for tuning in to Key and the Lake. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. It's cool to hear. Um, it's always nice when people are, are good to one another. I was actually at Benny's the day before that event in a meeting, and they had like all the 75 stacks of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we aren't sure if we have enough. And yeah. Like, and, and he was launching the gin at the time, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Quite good. Very delicate. Very delicate gin. I haven't had the gin. Well, um, glad there's nice people still out there in the world. We need it, don't we, Matt? <laughs> We sure do counter, counteract the, the Matt Brown effect. Yes. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Alex, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing this beautiful whiskey. And Matt, thank you for being cozy. My pleasure. Ooh, baby. I'm in here. Cheers, y'all. Cheers.